BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. We are joining each other via Skype once again, which I guess is going to be the new normal for weeks to come. Right, guys? Probably. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been talking to everybody via Skype. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like our only way to communicate these days. Uh, How are you guys? Everybody still hanging in there? Yeah. Doing pretty good. Yep. Yep. I uh, just uh, <laughs> I just finished doing some severe weather forecasting from the basement, um, and all went well. That was the first time that I had to do that, and cross my fingers that it goes well next time. But that's that's my life down here, all alone in my basement, and it's been <laughs> it's been good. Um, although Ingrid, I don't feel super bad for you because no. you do get to like wake up a little bit later and maybe <laughs> wear sweatpants on the bottom and have no one a little oasis down there, right? No, I know, right? Yeah, my kids think I'm at work, so it's like I can hear them running around like crazy up there, and I'm like sipping my tea down here, propping up my feet. Oh, <sighs> a good life. Uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. How about you, Karen? Um, Katie, how's River doing? Uh, she's good. I just told you guys the story that she, um, she bit me yesterday. So we're having like a lot of new things happening Mm -hmm. during, uh, this, this global pandemic. Um, just lots of new behavior that we're really, really enjoying here, but no, like in all seriousness, we're doing great. She's like in reading books with her dad right now. So, you know, I'm sitting on my porch. This is like my one respite from the, from like my toddler for the week. So it's like, right, right. Let's do this. Yeah. I know. I just told Ingrid, um, I think that I have not been away from any of my three children for more than like maybe a 30 minute run in a month. This mm-hmm. must have been like, it was like what was back like a century ago when like people just, you know, like, I don't know, did people get babysitters. Like you just spent all your time with like your family. How did they do it? Also, I think it's called stay at home moms too. Yeah. I was going to say, can we give a shout no. out to stay at home moms? How do they do it? How, How do, do they, they do it? Do it? But the only good thing about a stay at home mom is it's like, you, at least you can get a sitter on the weekends. <laughs> right. True. Like, well, yeah. There's like not, some sort of escape. <laughs> and you're not trying to work while right. watching the children. Right. Well, um, some are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Either way. Oof. Either anyway. way. Um, so, you know, this is obviously a tough time for everybody, but another tough time, if we all remember back, when you first had your first baby, um, and similar feeling, perhaps a little bit of isolation, anxiety, what are you going through, what are you dealing with, it's so much at once, but usually, in, in non-pandemic times, at least you can have your parents come help, right, or, or loved ones come in and help with the new baby, but you guys, for people having babies right now, that's not an option. 
Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what I would have done without my family who came to visit. When I, after I had River, my sister, I think River was born on a Monday. My sister flew in from California, I think on a Thursday and stayed for like 10 days. And then my in-laws came for like two weeks and stayed and helped and did the dishes and vacuumed my house and made me food. So, um, yeah. What about you guys? I mean, talk a little bit about the help that you had after you had newborns. So, um, you know, again, if you have multiple kids, it gets more complicated, but no, number one is what are you going to do with the other kids when you're mm-hmm. at the hospital to have the new baby? So for me, like my parents obviously took Hartman and that was amazing. Um, you know, overnight, um, cause you can obviously go into labor any time of the day. Um, so just to have that person be able to, you know, call them real quick and come over. Um, but personally, you know, when you get home, I actually kind of like to be by myself. I don't really like people in my house. Um, I, I don't care as much if the dishes stack up and if my house, my laundry gets stacked up because I kind of just want to, to be alone in my house. Cause it's kind of like a delicate time. I don't know. You're very like, it's raw. Like it, it can be messy and emotional and I just kind of want to have that time without another distraction. Um, for me, when someone else comes to my home, it just makes things a little bit more complicated in that scenario. Now, let me tell you, if, you know, when we have, when I have the moms come babysit my kids now, they do the dishes. I'm like, thank you. This is amazing. But just specifically during that time, I get to bond with my baby and husband. I kind of like that. I don't know. Um, I'm the opposite. I want all the help I can get. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Um, my mom came for at least a week with every single baby, um, right after they were born. And then after that, my mother-in-law comes for at least a week with every single baby. And then especially with the first, we had other, um, relatives coming in and out. I mean, and we were in Boise, Idaho when we had Ella Ray and we still had tons of people coming in, flying across the country, um, to help out, which was really nice looking back. I'm like, wow, that was kind of selfish of me but anyway um uh yeah I just uh, you know with to Ingrid's point with the first you know I think for me I just had no idea what I was doing and so I felt like I had to have somebody there to tell me yes this is okay or this is right this is wrong um and then after the first then yeah with every other single kid you have to have somebody else there to help with the kids I I mean I was thinking about it right now like let's say I was going to have a baby next week during all of this, I have no idea what we would do because, you know, I guess Gregory would have to stay home with all three kids and I would yeah. go have the baby by myself in the hospital. Which, oh, that'd be so or, sad. Yeah. Or you'd make like, I mean, I guess we'd let the grandparents come. Exactly. Even though I mean, we, that's we what we aren't right now. That's yeah. what you would probably, that's what you would probably have to do. But then that's do. almost even scarier because then you're bringing a grandparent in to a, to a newborn baby um, and you've just come home from the hospital. So then that's opening up a whole nother, right. you know, potential yeah. exposure. Um, so I actually have ooh, three or four friends who have had babies during all this. Oh, um, really? Recently in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And I've been talking to them. A couple of them, you know, as Ingrid said, are kind of like, you know, we would have been kind of isolated and home with a new baby anyway. Um, <clears throat> so not a huge deal. One of them told me that their parents did get to come for a couple of days, um, which was great. But yeah, I mean, think about even, I remember with all of our kids, those first couple of weeks, you know, when they're itty bitty babies and you can still take them out and they just sleep most of the time, like how nice it is to walk out and about and go to a restaurant and, 
you know, just get out of the house during that crazy, yeah. crazy time. Um, I just feel bad that people don't have that option. So, so we need some tips, yeah. Katie. Yeah. So that brings me to, um, someone who has some advice for folks. If you just recently had a baby or, um, if you're about to give birth, um, we talked to a doula and a newborn specialist. She actually lives in Manhattan, uh, crazily enough. Yeah. Um, and she has a business where she helps folks who, who like don't have family members or don't have that support. She goes into their houses. Um, she does some sleep training, um, you know, just helps with that, like those initial couple of weeks. And of course now a lot of her clients that have hired her and had these expectations, um, are not able to use that service. So I talked to her a little bit. She has some advice, like I said, for, uh, if you're the mom or soon to be mom, but also for partners and for friends, like if you've had a, you have a friend who had just had a baby or is going to have a baby. Um, she has some advice on, um, how you can help support them. Her name is Devin Clement. Um, she's with happy family after and, uh, listen in Cause I think she has some good advice for folks. All right, guys, we are joined by Devin Clement. Um, The name of her business is Happy Family After. Devin, you are a postpartum doula as well as a newborn care specialist. Can you tell us just a little bit about what, what those things are? Yeah, so basically we support new parents in whatever way they need, which primarily means helping them get sleep. So we do a lot of overnight baby care. We do a lot of teaching and coaching uh, with people who have just brought their baby home. We, uh, we also provide, I'm also a sleep consultant and sleep trainer. So we provide a lot of services to people with older babies to get them into good sleep routines, sleeping through the night, dealing with any issues that they're having there. Um, You know, pretty much anything, getting people into a routine, helping with feeding, like all the stuff that you don't really know that you don't know when you have a new baby. Yeah, right. And I want to mention that you are in New York City right now, of course, the epicenter of this virus outbreak. Just quickly, what has that been like personally, but also for your clients? Yeah, I mean, so everyone, at least in my experience, the people that I've been in contact with are being very careful. So the clients that we do have still, that do still have someone coming from my team Uh, you know, of course, want to be super cautious. Now we're always, we work with newborns. So we're always very careful about germ exposure and things like that. But of course, in these times, you can't be too careful. So uh, the the people on my team who want to work and are willing to work are able to work with clients, but they're, you know, isolating at home. Otherwise, uh, some of them are going and just like staying with the client rather than going back and forth to home. So we've had to make some accommodations as far as what that looks like. Uh, I live in downtown Manhattan in the financial district, which is where a lot of people obviously work and it is a ghost town. Like there's no one and it's normally like weekdays during the day, very crowded. So it's really strange to just walk around New York and see all the stores and restaurants closed and just hardly any people. Um, but everyone's just basically staying inside and trying to stay safe and keep each other safe. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so let's talk about a lot of folks hire you because of course you come home, you have a newborn and life is almost immediately overwhelming and they hire you and depend on you to be there to teach them sleep training, uh, to, to help them through this process. And as you mentioned, a lot of folks are self-isolating. First, I want to just talk about why 
if you haven't had your pregnant time for, for parents, even when they're not self-isolating, just talk a little bit about that. I'm so sorry you, you broke up a little bit. Can you just repeat the question? I said, can you just talk a little bit about from you, your professional experience for folks out there who haven't had a baby or are pregnant? Why is, why is this specific time, this newborn stage, when you come home from the hospital, why is it just so difficult? Why do people end up hiring you? Oh, uh, I think there's a lot of reasons. We probably get about half of our clients hiring us before the baby comes and half that call us in a panic, you know, a week or two or even like a couple of days after they have the baby just being like, we don't know what we're doing. I think a big part of that is uh, sort of a cultural and societal like we're not around babies. Unless you are choosing to like work with kids, you're probably, you've probably never held a newborn. So even if someone in your family has a baby, maybe you go visit, but you're not seeing them all the time. Whereas, you know, years and years ago, people were living in closer communities. You were seeing, you know, maybe your mom had a bunch of kids after you and you helped raise them or your aunties who are over all the time with your like little cousins. I mean, that's how it was in my family, um, which I think is part of the reason I got into this work. Uh, you know, my mom didn't understand what I did for a long time. And then one day she just said to me, oh, I get it. Like you did what grandma did for me because my grandma was around every day helping her and just like knowing what to do. So you see a baby on TV or you see your friend with like a six month old and you expect that that's what you're going to give birth to. I mean, not that like watching birth and babies on TV helps that because as you know, everyone on TV does give birth to basically a three or four month old. So you don't really realize how needy they are, how hard it is to understand what they want. So all of that, and then add on the fact that we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And a lot of people thought that they would have their, you know, their parents or the, the baby's grandparents there. They thought they'd have their aunts, their uncles, their siblings, their friends coming over, people with experience coming over, yeah. their friends to maybe have a glass of wine and just, you know, vent with. And of course, a lot of folks can't do that because we're all self-isolating because of coronavirus. So what's your best advice for parents who were like, oh my gosh, this is not how I thought I was going to be spending these weeks after I had this baby. What's your best advice? So my, unfortunately, my best advice is for people who haven't had their baby yet, which is to get prepared in advance. Because once you have that baby and you're like frantically Googling at two o'clock in the morning, like, how do I get this baby to go to sleep? Or why are they making all these grunting noises? Pro tip, that's normal. It's annoying, but it's normal. Um, it's, it's so much harder to, to sort of fix it from where you are. So if you can prepare in advance, I know, you know, obviously the hospitals are all canceling their classes and things like that. But if you can take a class online, um, I'm actually putting one together that's great. Just, just, and get your, get your, your distance support in place. Like what friends are you going to reach out to? You know, who do you know that seems to like line up as much as you, as uh, line up with your idea of what you want your parenting to look like the most so that you can kind of lean on that person. I do think, you know, it's interesting. I think in some ways having to be isolated, just you and your partner when you have a new baby is there are some blessings to it. There are some silver linings, which are that you're not trying to host a million guests. Like some guests are helpful and supportive and some guests are annoying and don't know when to leave. So if you can just be in your pajamas, you know, hold that baby all day, not deal with people coming and going, people giving you, you know, 
obviously you're missing the helpful support, but you're not missing the unsolicited advice and judgment that comes a lot of the time with, with your visitors and your guests. So that's kind of nice. I think it's really hard if you have older kids, um, especially if your partner is like trying to work from home and can't, you know, manage the older kids, that's hard. But, you know, you may also have some routines already in place because you already have kids. Yeah, I think definitely getting a support system in place, even from a distance, can be really helpful. Even just somebody to touch base with on the phone. Do you have another friend who is having a baby or had a baby around the same time? Like, connect with them. What's your best advice to those folks? Like, how can you best support a mom of a newborn baby? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say listening just listen, just call them, you know, if they don't answer, don't give them a hard time about it, but try again later because they may not think to call you back, like be the one to reach out. And then when you do really just be present for them and and try to listen to how they're feeling and try not to make it about, oh, here's what you should do. And here's what I did. And here's what my experience was like and blah, blah, blah. Um, honestly, that's my advice when we're not in a quarantine also, because uh, I think a lot of people are very well-meaning and end up sort of not not being there for the person in, in the best way. And I think listening and just being present and being supportive is the absolute best thing you can do. Um, and send food if you can, like drop food off on their porch <laughs> um, because they need to eat and they need to be fed. And especially with people having concerns about getting takeout and places being closed and things like that, they're probably struggling. So drop off groceries, drop off a casserole, uh, whatever, whatever you need to do to uh, help them stay fed is, is great. Thank you so much for chatting with us and um, stay safe there. No problem, Katie. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Mom's the word. All right. Thanks so much, Devin. Some good advice there. Um, Moving on into Mom's the word. Um, So Katie and I have been chatting a little bit. Um, Potty training. Because, you know, this is like the one thing that we could do at home right now because we're stuck at home anyway. So should we be maybe thinking about potty training our little ones? I don't know. know. I've been feeling a lot. I just got to tell you, I've been feeling a lot of pressure about it. A couple of people have asked me. River will be too in June. So she's what, like 22, 22 months old. And people have been like, are you starting the potty training? And I've been like, no, should I? And so I ordered the book that Karen suggested. And just last night I ordered the potty. So give me oh, all nice. of your advice. Because Karen, you have mentioned before, like I have like a way, I have the, the solution. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, the book is called Oh Crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I will just give you my real quick, uh, version of what I've experienced. We tried with LRA to do kind of the tried and true normal method of um, making her sit on the potty every 15 minutes. And that did not work for her. Um, And it was really frustrating. It took us a really long time to potty train her. And then we got this book from my sister-in-law. And so we tried that method with Henry and it worked like a charm. So now, wait, how old were your kids? I need to know this. How so, old was Ellery? Um, was, and I do think that's a good question, Katie, and I think that's a really big part of it. Um, I, I think Ellery was three, no, 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 two and a half. Okay. Um, now, Henry was not yet two when we started, or, or no, wait. Whew. Um, 
Yeah, he was he was earlier, basically, is the bottom line. I think Elevary okay. was closer to three, and Henry was closer to two. And okay. I really wanted to get Henry potty trained before I had Bennett, for some reason, in my head that yeah. needed to happen. That makes sense. Um, but anyway, and I have no idea if it was just a difference between the kids, but we tried two very different methods, and I think the second me- method worked. And basically, the bottom line to this book is to let them go naked, butt naked, for an entire weekend, and you just watch their body for the signs of when you think they need to go and you can very quickly learn what your kids kind of tell is for when they're about to go um and then when you get through that first weekend and don't leave your house which is very easy at this time um uh, then once you get through that part then you start putting clothes on them but you don't put underwear on them which I think is the key and the book explains it and it made a lot of sense to me once we went through it is if they have underwear on, they kind of don't realize the difference between that and a diaper. And so they, they just go more easily. But if, but if there's nothing on down there and they know it's going to get all over them, there's just a different kind of response, I guess. So anyway, um, we thought that worked a lot better. The book's called Oh Crap Potty Training, and we thought it, it was amazing. Now, Ingrid, you, Hartman potty trained pretty easily, so I don't know. What advice do you have? Yeah, I, I didn't re- read a book or anything, um, but I did. We, like, had just moved into our house. Um, he was, like, around two, I guess, and same thing. We just let him go without a diaper for, like, I think it was three days. Um, so you start on like a Friday and then do it Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, and just kind of stay in the house. You can go in the backyard and stuff, obviously. Um, very similar to what exactly what you said, what you're experiencing now. Anyways, we gave him underwear because it was a way to say like, let's throw away the diapers. And he got really excited about his underwear. So it was like a, a way for him to get excited about something. Um, so it still worked with underwear for us. Um, but yeah, and he's been very good since. So so I just kids different. So yeah, and it just know. gives me, you know, my little OCD soul, like a like mm-hmm. the thought of like someone peeing and pooping. Yeah, she's yeah, in she's my house. Yeah. yeah, she will. So yeah. you need to mm-hmm. you need to plan for that, and just like Ooh. if you have like nice rugs, pull up the rugs, mm-hmm. or put a tarp down, or put towels mm-hmm. down over those things so they don't get ruined, and then you don't have to stress about it. So yeah. we, and that's why we did it. We did it when we first moved in because we didn't have the rugs down. That's why we did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. talk to me just really quick, the difference between a potty mm-hmm. and then what is it? Like the, the, the actual device that sits over the toilet. what do y'all use? Um, we have like a to-go potty. Karen has the same yeah. one. It's like, you, it's so you can take owl. it with you to restaurant. Yeah. It's the owl. Yeah. Um, you can take it to restaurants and put it on top of the big toilet so they don't get scared. They think they're going to fall in. But at home, like I think Karen has one too. It's just like a true potty you just put on the ground. Okay. Um, that's what that's what we have. But they make the things that have like a little ladder that you can climb up on top yeah, of. Yeah. No, toilet. I ordered the just the potty. Yeah, just that's the, what I ordered. I think it's like I ordered. Yeah, I ordered just you, the potty. So you don't need okay. the other thing unless you're going out to restaurants, which is a non-factor not right to. now. So. <laughs> Save, save the 15 bucks. River will be like 15 by that point, so we probably won't need uh, that device. So anyway, the name of the book is Oh Crap. I just ordered it. I'm going to start reading it maybe tonight with my glass of wine, and uh, I'll let you guys. We'll keep you We'll keep you abreast of how the situation yeah. goes. Good luck, my dear friend. Good luck. Good luck. From the news desk. So after COVID, are we going to have more babies or more divorces? Dun, dun, dun. Um, You know. (laughs) This is from psychology today, by the way. 
Um, Yes, yes, yes. And so I thought this was an interesting article, you guys. Um, It talked about a couple of big events, which obviously nothing can quite compare to COVID, but um, the New York City 1965 blackout that lasted 10 hours and then also like hurricanes, um, you know, any sort of big natural disaster or time where everybody's kind of stuck at home. Um, And the article said that even though we feel like there's a huge surge in babies nine months later, there's really no data or statistics to show that. So is it just that we're kind of more, you know, looking for that because we know that there was this big event nine months earlier and, oh, people maybe were staying home and and conceiving babies. Um, But there's really not a lot of evidence. Now, there is, however, more evidence that divorces do go up after a traumatic event like this. So, Uh uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this doesn't shock me. Um, I don't know about you, but like uh, Brian and I are on each other's last nerve, like last nerve. Like the other night he was like, um, can you stop chewing so loudly? Like stop chewing so loudly. And I was like, okay. Why are you chewing so loudly, okay. Katie? Who knows? I'm chewing just like I've always chewed. So then we were like sitting on the couch for like the 20th day in a row to watch Netflix. And I, he was like picking his fingernails. And I was like, no. Uh-uh. No. I, like, cannot do this anymore. Like, if you pick, like, no more picking. Like, I, I'm going to bed because I can't take, like, yeah. the nail picking anymore. So, yeah. yeah, like, you're not meant to spend this much time with your spouse one-on-one, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, I don't think this so. This is not what marriage should be. <laughs> this is not what it is. I didn't say not to spend every second with him. Come on. Um, I the only good thing is you guys are in a little worse spot. I Gregory does still leave for work all day, and I will say when he does get home, then we're get, doing dinner, kids stuff, and then we both sit there and work from whenever the kids go to sleep until basically bedtime. So yeah. we're like doing our own work stuff anyway. Um, you guys have it have it way worse in that respect. I mean, I think in this situation, this is a stress on every relationship in your house, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. a little bit harder with your kids because it's so much one-on-one time. It's a little bit harder with, like, your dog, like, with your husband, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just that's just probably naturally going to happen. Um, but what I'm – what for me personally, as we go week by week and we're still in this kind of shelter-in-place mode, we're starting to get used to it. So mm-hmm. just like anything, I think that your relationship is going to kind of find that balance a little bit better. So mm-hmm. for us, like it, you know, of course, like we could be at our, at each other's throats over the silliest things. Um, like we had a little quarrel, quarrel over like salad the other day, you know, like, like salad. salad, like, and then you're like, wait a minute, that was really stupid. Like, why did mm-hmm. we even like worry mm-hmm. about that? But, um, I, I think we're finding a little bit better uh, of a balance in terms of like giving each other space, mm-hmm. like go for a drive, like mm-hmm. just and like, and make it clear, like be like, this is my time. I'm going to be back in an hour. Like I'm just going to go drive around the parkway or I'm going to go on the back porch. You take the kids in the front yard and I'm going to go have a glass of wine by myself. You know what I mean? So that yeah. oh, that's a good idea, Ingrid. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> she's like, what? like mm, yeah. Wow. Why glass haven't I thought of, of that? Glass of that wine in the backyard. That's groundbreaking. Andrew. You should but you like, have that. But like, look, like then you're not going to feel guilty, Karen. So if you say, okay, so Gregory, like I'm going to go in the back porch right now. And then when I'm done with that, then I will take all the kids upstairs and give them bath. You don't do the dishes, like go sit down and have a beer Mm -hmm. on the front porch. You know what I mean? Like scheduling these types of things, just like you scheduled in your workout this morning, like schedule in these Mm -hmm. other things. And then it will kind of help the stress of the relationship, I feel like. 
Ah, such good advice, Ingrid. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And other news. Okay, yeah, so our second article for today, we're only going to have two because we had that great interview earlier. Um, Scary Mommy, they give us a lot of good content. Um, This one is titled, It's Okay to Find Silver Linings During This Scary Time kind of what we were just talking about, right? Maybe that glass of wine in the back porch. Um, and she just goes into basically, um, she, she works from home. Obviously she's an author, but she's talking about how, you know, during this pandemic, we're all inundated with all this negative, uh, information. Um, it's very stressful. It can be very emotional, but she's finding these small things to, um, kind of relish and to get her through the day. And a lot of it can be, you know, making, she says, making fajitas every Friday with her little girl when usually she would just like shove a sandwich in her mouth over the sink. You know, that's a very small thing, but now she has like this fun thing that she does with her daughter every Friday when they make fajitas together. And her daughter's probably going to, you know, remember that when she's older. Um, and, and these are things that I've thought a lot about, like, I do you ever feel guilty when you're like, man, people are dying right now. People are living the worst days of their lives. And I had a really good day. I was able to go on that run and I took a bath. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever have that feeling where you're like, mm-hmm. I should feel worse than I do right now because other people are, are, are having, again, like, you know, suffering during this pandemic, it's, it's almost like I need to ingest this information from the media, all these numbers, statistics, hear about the deaths, the number of mm-hmm. COVID cases to make them like real, to make it, uh, to like do my part. Does that sound crazy to you guys? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I know exactly what you mean. I well, especially because here in North Carolina, thankfully <clears throat> so far, we have not been, I mean, obviously there are people who are sick. Um, but we have not been impacted in the way that mm-hmm. like New York has been impacted or Louisiana. And so unless you like turn on the TV or read the articles, like you live in your own bubble in your house. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to relate to that. You, you have to like ingest it and think about it because otherwise I, it's like it's not happening. Yeah, I totally agreed with this author. I, of course, you know me, I totally cried while I was reading this article. Um, But I think she brings up a lot of really good points. One of the things that I highlighted was these little rays of light, these silver linings are imperative to our health right now. And I think that's really true. Like, you know, yes, to Ingrid's point, like we need to stay on top of what's going on and not just stick our heads in the sand. But we do not need to be sad and depressed and upset 24-7. That does no one any good. And especially because we have our, our children around us, like we have got to find ways to make this um, still a, a fun time for them. This is a really critical time in their lives. I know, I think for my two oldest, they're going to remember this. Um, so, you know, to, to the fajitas on Friday, we do Taco Tuesdays now. Mm. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, I've started, I, I figured out that for my family, our kids do much better if we go for, uh, whether it's a 20-minute or an hour-long hike or walk during the morning time, everybody's better that day. You know, just getting energy out and walking and being outside we're trying to explore and find new, new, whether it's even just walking on the sidewalk, you know, cause I know a lot of the parks are, are closed, but, um, so yeah, I think this is a great article and a good reminder that we don't need to sit there and feel while it is very sad. We don't need to focus on that all the time. We need to focus on the positives too. So, um, my question is how about social posts? Mm. So obviously 
we have these silver linings we're talking about in this article and, and this author is saying it's okay to have those, but is it irresponsible um, to be posting things about, oh, I found this new lipstick or I um, just had this super yummy steak for dinner or whatever. Um, do we need to be more careful and more sensitive with our posts these days or is it okay that we go on as usual? I say case by case basis. And I feel like you need to, whatever you're going to, if you're going to talk about a new lipstick, you better qualify it with like, Hey, listen, like there's like tough stuff, tough stuff going on in the world, but this is like, what's making me happy. And this is like, you know, this is the stuff that I'm enjoying right now. And what's getting me through this because like, if, I mean, yeah, I feel like you need to be cognizant of the fact that a lot of people are suffering. So if you're going to post about lipstick, you better make sure that you acknowledge that. That's how I sort of feel. I feel like it, otherwise it feels tone deaf. I mean, isn't it kind of a cop out though? I mean, like how, how is just like putting hashtag, hashtag coronavirus, like make it all better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I don't know that you need a hashtag, but I'm just saying that like, and I guess it depends on your audience, right? Like you, you know, we're like public people, right? Like we have people on Facebook like members of the general public. So I also feel like that comes with a responsibility as well. If you're posting on your personal Facebook page, I guess you hope that your friends understand and that's your personal Facebook page and you can do what you want. Right. I, I kind of see it differently. I think that as long as we're not like, you know, the memes or the things that kind of like make fun of all of this, obviously yeah. taboo. I wouldn't, I don't want to go there. But I think every time I see something that's funny or happy or I got to do this with my kids today, I love it. And it brings a smile to my face. Um, I, I think that those silver lining posts, uh, even other people's, help me get through my day, you know, and it's yeah, kind of but a reminder. But that's different than like, hey, silver lining, I got to spend time with my kids. That's different than like, I'm recommending a lipstick. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I because just like, feel isn't like, that, isn't that like a silver lining in context? Like that's like in context of what we're mm -hmm. going through something else, yeah. you know, if it's like a, that's not, that's not in context, you know? I don't know. I guess I just kind of feel like everybody knows this is a terrible thing we're going through and whether it's lipstick or a walk in the park or a glass of wine, like, you know, like just, it's all kind of the same. Yeah, like, let's just share what's making us get through this and what's yeah. making us happy. And maybe it'll make somebody else happy. I don't know. Well, I've just seen some things that I, I'm i like, oh, you know, good on them. Or, like, that makes me smile. Yeah. And any kind of smile that we can bring to anybody right now, I think, is a win. I don't know. Well, especially, I will say this, as this drugs on and on, I'm more apt to be like, okay, like, we have, you do have to, like, resume some sort of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to be, like, I look at my sister-in-law's feed, who's, like, on Long Island, where people are, like, dying in the hospital where she's working, and she posts, like, every day, like, the sign of, like, the people who have, like, recovered and left the hospital, and I'm, like, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, like, you know, it's hard to be, like, I had a great run today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Like, I'm just trying to be, like, cognizant of those people out there who are literally, right. like, just hoping to get, like, through the day, you know? So that's what I'm saying. No, like, I feel like I if, you, think, yeah. if you like provide a little bit of like context with your post, I think it goes a long way, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to be sensitive. Yeah. Win of the week. So on Sunday, we had a total day of no TV, no screen time. Ooh. Oof. How did, How did you do that? 
Um, so I didn't even realize we were doing it until we put River to bed and Brian was like, you do realize, Katie, that this was a day of no screen. And I was Wait, like, you didn't what? do it on purpose? No, but it was such a nice oh. Sunday, a really nice day. I'm trying to remember like yeah, all yeah. these days blurred together. I know. So yeah. like we, you know, we like took a little long walk, long walk in the morning. We like, we did one on a bike ride. We loaded everybody up in like the truck and went for a drive like downtown. We like got we got takeout ice cream like we you know mm. did all of these things and uh like it felt really good to know that and you know what's funny is river did not ask for a tv at all normally like a couple of times a day she'll be like elsa 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 you know from frozen <laughs> not at all it's like she agreed to that this should be a day of no screen time but i will tell you i so i told my sister i was like we didn't have any screen time today and she was like wait you guys aren't going to, like, what are you guys going to do? And I was like, oh, we're going to have screen time. Like Brian, um, <laughs> Brian and I are going to have screen time. We're about to, like, sit down and watch Ozark. But, like, Robert is so good. <laughs> I know. It is. It's super good. Yeah, Ozark is good. Oh, well, so, anyway. Katie. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um. Oh, I finished know, Tiger King, guys. Yeah. Yes, me too. It was so yeah. good. It was, it was good. But, like, I'm sick of hearing about it now. Now I'm, like, I'm over it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like um, the end was a little bit of a letdown. Like I was kind well, of expecting a bigger. Like bang you're waiting for like a murder and like. Well, I was waiting so- for somebody to get arrested. The other dude to get arrested. So oh, been- oh, you know what? Wait. I heard he's coming out with this show. <gasps> really? Yeah, they're like doing an ex- another like episode with that new guy who runs the well, park. So I also read yesterday. Which one? The guy, like the Jeff the Lowe. New- yes. Jeff- oh. Yeah. <laughs> Karen like rattled. <laughs> rattled up their name. <laughs> Jeff Lowe, his social security number is um, I read yesterday that they're going to do a new series on Carol Baskin and like the investigation into her missing oh. husband. Oh, uh, I watch that one. They nice. need to roll this stuff out because I need to get yeah, all my TV time in while this while this is like, you know, this social isolation is like happening. So No, we ran some story that was like one in nine people have watched Tiger King. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. I'm oh, not surprised. Great. I'm not surprised. Anyway, um, so thanks for joining us for another uh, episode of Anchor Moms uh, during this uh, pandemic where we're all at home Skyping. Um, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, what else, guys? Is there anything else we want to say? We hope you guys That's are doing okay. We hope you're staying yeah, sane hang and in there. healthy. Everybody hang in there. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, can you let let Annie, I'm sorry. Can you let Annie in? This is my life. It's like, if it's not like a needy toddler, it's like a needy dog. Or a needy husband. Thanks for listening.